Hello there. This is Deb Cardi, and I have to tell you it is a beautiful day up here on my little bit of Mount Hood. I live just above Portland, Oregon, about an hour above Portland and about 20 minutes below the wonderful ski slopes of uh, Mount Hood. This is a podcast that will be coming to you from my studio, which I call Chicken Coop Botanicals. Might seem a little odd that I'm sitting in a chicken coop. And the story behind that and what this podcast will be about is the subject of this very first podcast. Some of you may remember my five years of the podcast at the kitchen table. And while that is nowhere out in the internets any longer, I tend to delete a project once I'm finished with it. (laughs) It's a bad habit, I know. Um, This podcast will have a similar setup to At the Kitchen Table, meaning that I just really want you to feel like you're here with me. We're having a cup of tea and visiting for an hour or so. I live on a beautiful piece of property in the foothills of Mount Hood, as I said, and the Chicken Coop Botanicals is my herbal company. I am a practicing herbalist. I've been an herbalist working with family and friends for about 25 years, but no one really knew that unless you had received something from me. My animals have received many an ointment or a maybe garlic and parsley tablet from me over the years. I decided as I've been aging, uh, my father, uh, sister, mother, friends, employees, it seems like there's just a lot more issues in the world um, that need addressing. And I felt really called to take what had been um, kind of an inner hobby Uh, out into the outer world. And so Chicken Coop Botanicals was born. The name of my uh, little herbarium comes from the fact that my husband was building a new chicken coop for our chickens, ducks, and geese last summer. We needed something a bit larger. And as he just started designing, I just kept saying, boy, I would, if I had a chicken coop of my own, I'd sure go um, hang out in it. And before I knew what was going on, there were two cement pads laid. And so my little building is being built right next door to the now finished chicken coop. They are identical on the outside, but certainly not on the inside. I have no uh, rafters to be perching in at night. (laughs) But while uh, my coop is just about finished, I decided that I really wanted to get the podcast started with this new year of January 2016 and not wait till spring when we actually will be sitting right in the chicken coop. As Virginia Woolf once said, everyone needs a room of one's own. And for me, I just needed a chicken coop of one's own. So that is kind of our, our strategic marker in the world, if you will. I hope that you can visualize uh, where I'll be sitting. There will definitely be photos 
of the view of my mountain, which I don't look up right at Mount Hood. I look at one of the foothills, Hunchback Mountain. And this morning, Hunchback is completely covered in snow. It's beautiful because each of the pine, uh, cedar, Douglas fir trees, they're all individually covered in snow. And it's just a lovely sight. Each morning when I go out to open the bird's barn, I give thanks and gratitude for the beauty of the day. And every morning, it's something different. As we don't have snow right down here at my house at the moment, it was a lovely surprise to go out early this morning and see all those flocked trees. When I began Chicken Coop Botanicals on a professional scale, um, I had... Uh, retired from my career as a chef. My husband and I own a restaurant in Portland called Gino's Restaurant and Bar. We're actually turning 20 at the end of February, which is pretty exciting. I had also taken a short break uh, from the restaurant on a whole uh, to uh, take my passion of knitting and spinning into a business with my friend Stephanie Pico. We uh, owned a yarn company, which was all naturally dyed, or almost all naturally dyed uh, products from plants and insects called Pico Accardi Dye Works. And we unfortunately were opened and right at the beginning of the financial crisis and were not able to make it. Um, so I realized after uh, that ended and working with um, for another company, Blue Moon Fiber Arts, with my dearest friend, Tina Newton, that uh, while I still have such a great love of dyeing and knitting and spinning, um, I was never having enough time for enjoying it as my hobby, which is what had kept me from ever turning it into a business before. Um, I realized that I just am so called to the nutrition of food, to plants as a whole, as medicine, both inside and outside. So last summer, when our chef of 13 years left us, uh, I decided it was time for me to take back my kitchen at Gino's. So now I split my time between uh, Portland and uh working in the kitchen again, which has been such a delight, and working in my, uh, right now it's in the house. I've seemed to have taken over an entire back room of the house with their jars of herbs, uh, either dried herbs or steeping in vinegar, honey, alcohol, glycerin, all kinds of menstruums. Something else we're gonna be talking a lot about here uh, on this podcast. For me, uh, I'm a lifelong gardener, and really for me, plants are what it's all about. And I've realized over time, uh, when I sit and think back over my 51 years, that uh, everything that I have been passionate about in my life has really been plant-oriented. Uh, my ed formal education is actually as a grade school teacher, and I do find that I use that quite often. Uh, I, I know many people that 
are not completely active in what their formal education was, but it interacts in other ways in their life. I'm definitely called to be a teacher, uh, but I just find that, um, I think it's the Leo in me. (laughs) I definitely want to create my own agenda. (laughs) While I didn't take a four or five year uh, course uh, dedicated to herbalism itself, I have been taking online courses. I have read and experimented and really getting out and working with plants to me is the very best education that you can have uh, with connecting with plants and working with them as medicine. However, I have taken online classes with Rosemary Gladstar. I've taken a few in-person classes with um, other herbalists. Uh, Susan Weed uh, is one of them who... um, definitely uh, struck a nerve in me and really made me um, become aware of how uh, interested and how serious I take herbalism. It is a medicine for the people and we should all be uh, able to heal ourselves with herbs and plants. Anyway, (laughs) I'm not going to get up on that stuff today. Uh, I find for myself that especially uh, when I was taking these classes with Rosemary and I'm continuing to do that, I I come in and out of it and I find these um, classes to be wonderful because it is reassuring to me that the path I've been on for so many years uh, is right here now in writing. It is a refresher to me, and yet it is also a building block, and I'm always learning something new, and that is what life's all about. But this year, well, I'm going to stop there because now it's 2016. In 2015, I really wanted to branch out and uh, learn new things from other traditions. So I've been working um, online with uh Uh, Darcy Blue French out of Arizona, who is a shamanic healer. She is trained both in Western herbalism, but also by Peruvian uh, shamans. And I've taken several different types of courses with her. And I'm really um, enjoying the uh, group that she has right now where we're all getting an introduction to shamanic healing. And it's the For me, what is resonating is having a deep personal relationship with plants and um, plant as healer, plant as uh, as friends even, which if you know anything about shamanism, it's it's really having a deep connection and conversation with a plant. And uh, I I find it very interesting and it has definitely uh, brought a deeper level to uh, how I create medicine. And when I say medicine, um, I'm not talking pharmaceutical medicine. For me, drinking a cup of chamomile tea can be a deep medicine because it is so relaxing to your body and it helps you check in and, and, and kind of just let go of everything and just relax and be with yourself. That to me is huge medicine. I'm also taking a class with Darcy and with an Ayurvedic uh, healer, Radha Schweller. 
and uh, that is specifically a group for women. And I'm just loving this. Uh, I have been a very bad uh, yoga practitioner of recent years, but I did used to um, have a daily practice, which I'm really working to get back to. And uh, while I do not have any training in Ayurvedic herbalism, uh, food-wise and just the, um, the way that I feel so grounded after yoga has always made, given me an interest in that. So I'm really enjoying uh, the two women's uh, activating women's uh, wisdom uh, has, is we're just barely at the beginning of this class and it's just been really, really wonderful so far. The, what I love about uh, online training now is that I can uh, basically be in a college of my choosing. So I, I've created my own herbalist school that I am taking, kind of choosing different uh, courses to take, and all of them are online. Each is presented differently. I've also been taking, and I've just finished, a spagyric um, herbal course, which will be both... Um, I've taken this portion, this module online, but then I will go to the school uh, in the summer and do lab work there. And it is really taking uh, herbalism and creating medicine to a higher, more spiritual level, which uh, resonates with me. And each of these I find in overlapping uh, kind of the core belief of medicine is for the people and it should be accessible for anyone. So uh, that is kind of what I'm working on right now. Uh, I definitely believe in uh, everything we eat is can be seen as medicine. It can be both enjoyable. It can be good medicine for us and bad medicine for us. It depends on what we're eating and drinking at the moment. Uh, if you listen to my At the Kitchen Table podcast, you know that I have a big belief in eat organic natural foods whenever you can. So wherever is the place that you eat most of the time, try to dedicate yourself to eating really good, wholesome food. If that's in your home, do what you can to eat organics. Now, that does not mean that it has to be certified. I, I truly believe that what is the most important is to know where your food comes from. If you're out in the forest picking mushrooms or rose hips or uh, even picking the fresh tips off of spruce or pine trees to make into an infused vinegar, that's all organic. Unless you know that you're in a place where things have been sprayed, stay away from those areas. But I, I do believe that if you go to the grocery store and you have no idea who's been growing the food, that yes, I do look for that organic label, as long as I trust the agency that's certifying. But in my restaurant, uh, we support two farmers that bring in food uh, every week, and neither of them are certified organic, and it does not bother me at all because I know them. I know what their growing practices are, and their practices are in line with my values. Uh, we support farmers, ranchers, fishermen, and I'm really comfortable with the food that I'm eating and giving to others. At home, I grow as much as I can. 
When I was little, my grandfather was always, he always had a big garden out in the back 40. We were lucky enough that even though uh, we were living in Portland, that my grandparents' house was on a triple lot that went straight back. And he always had a huge garden. So I often would just go out in the backyard with a salt shaker and head straight for the tomato patch and sit there and salt and eat my tomatoes. <laughs> and uh, during my college years, I look at that time and while I had some of the most wonderful friends, a couple that I still see today, I was so untethered. And I, which I do think is the angst of that age. I led a fairly sheltered childhood and my parents moved to Alaska as I was going off to college. And while I still had my, my grandparents as my touchstone at home, I really, those four years, well, almost five, were, I was definitely untethered. And when I look at what I grew up with, I just needed a break to do something completely different. And it definitely was very unsettling for me. Soon after college, I met my husband, married, and uh, we have had a garden ever since. And uh, I, I just feel very grounded when I can be in a garden. So this podcast, now that you know so much about me, <laughs> this podcast is going to be talking about food. There will definitely be some recipes. Um, we will definitely talk about gardening in seasons. I am still a knitter. And I love talking about knitting and I love talking about my animals. Right now, there is a white kitty cat sitting right here on the table with me, looking at me, wanting to know why I'm speaking so much to her. There's a gray cat in this house somewhere too. So you will definitely be hearing about the animals from me. And I'm sure occasionally being you will hear a few. When we move out to the chicken coop, which will probably be by March. Fingers are crossed for that. I guess it could be April or May, but we shall see. Uh, at that point, I know you're going to be hearing some quacking and some crowing of my mini roosters. And I really look forward uh, to surprising you with the occasional video cast coming directly from the studio as we make medicine together. Uh, maybe from my kitchen as we cook some dishes together. I want you to feel like even if you cannot attend future classes here, that there'll be a touch of that coming out in the podcast. The other thing that is beginning with the Chicken Coop Botanicals uh, business, not podcast, is that each month, in addition to what is listed in my Etsy store, you will also find a monthly listing uh, based on a specific theme for that season. And that is kind of what got me uh, inspired to recreate a new podcast. So this is January 2016. And what I've been feeling uh, this month is deepness deep winter we did have snow quite a bit of snow right at the beginning of the month uh, it's now the 14th and i just felt like the people that i'm around especially are uh, as they let down from the holidays are developing some deep colds some deep coughs uh, flus and just 
they've relaxed after they've been had so much adrenaline going and uh, a lot of anxiety and uh, have kind of given in to some illnesses. And when we look at uh, health from uh, an herbal, Western herbalism standpoint, disease is really dis-ease of the body. And we open ourselves up to this when our lifestyle uh, starts to change, adding stress, eating poorly, being out of regular routines. I know that I definitely get that way also during the holidays. It's so easy, and especially working in a restaurant where um, we tend to work longer hours. And uh, I have just, over the last few years, uh, have adjusted things, my schedule, and what, what I do during the holidays so that uh, I don't open myself up to allowing illness in. So getting lots of rest and uh, enjoying my time with the people that I want to be with. So as we get into this time of year, this going deep was kind of what hit me. Because in winter, it is the time where the bears are hibernating and really our bodies want to slow down, go in, be restful, be warmed. And when we are still going, 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 moving, 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 becoming a bit untethered, uh, this is when I turn to herbal medicine and I'm constantly uh, giving family members and employees, the, this is the Geno's Free Healthcare, <laughs> um, I'll just hand people a jar of something and explain how to take it. And if they choose to, um, oftentimes it helps them get their body back in balance. Um, right now for me, it's about deep immunity and helping the body uh, jumpstart its own immunity. So when you're taking an herbal remedy, it's not the idea of taking something for months at a time or um, for the rest of your life. It's helping it it is a plant going into your body to help those organs uh, just nourish them so they can do the job they're supposed to. It's not masking what a problem is. And so right now what I've been working on and uh, will be for sale within uh, the next couple of days in the Etsy store is a I hate to say kit and I hate to use the word box, but it's a collection of items that are for going deep, working on some deep immunity issues, but also some deep relaxation. One of the products that I've been working with, <laughs> another word I hate to use, some of the bottles I should say that I'm surrounded with are full of medicinal mushrooms. Every fall and every spring, uh, we are lucky to have up here on Mount Hood spots that we can find lots of edibles. Uh, I also, my stepson Gino, who our restaurant's named for, his stepfather is in the wild mushroom business and we have actually purchased mushrooms from him for 28 years. And uh, so this year, it was the first time it kind of dawned on me that if I'm having um, a hard time finding mushrooms that 
uh, I want to use at home that I could just order from him. And <laughs> I'm so used to, uh, if I order mushrooms from him, they're specifically for the restaurant. And if we want mushrooms at home, we go out and find them. But this year I got a wonderful bunch of lion's mane mushrooms. And I also got both from him and from my sister who has a beach property and she gathers all kinds of wonderful coastal mushrooms. So we have chicken of the woods and the lion's mane mushroom that have been steeping for the last couple months in uh, grain alcohol. And grain alcohol pulls out, it is what is called a menstruum, which is a liquid that pulls different uh, constituents out of a plant. And there are many, many medicinal qualities that alcohol can pull out of mushrooms. Deep immunity is most definitely uh, a big one for medicinal mushrooms. Many of you have heard of reishi, but did you know that shiitake, which people can grow and you can easily find at the grocery store, is full of immune-boosting qualities just by eating them? just by sauteing them and adding them to your diet. It is a healing plant. So I wanted to get even more qualities from these mushrooms. So after they had steeped in the alcohol, I strained them out, covered the mushrooms themselves with water and made a very strong tea with them and mixed the tea and the alcohol together to create a double extraction of medicinal mushrooms. Elderberries are another plant uh, that are a wonderful immune booster. So there is a double extraction of elderberries that I gathered last fall in this as well. And then while I was brewing the tea of these plants, I added in hawthorn, which is both calming and it's a specific tonic for the heart. There is some reishi in there and some tulsi and nettles, all wonderful, um, both just deep immunity, but giving you a tonic for building your health and um, protecting your heart and giving you good nourishment for your inner organs and liver and adrenals, things that you need to boost back up after the holidays are done. So that deep immune boosting is something that is uh, a big, kind of the anchor of this uh, collection of plants. And then I am also including a wonderful tea in there. And the tea uh, for me is all about relaxation this time. It is non-caffeinated. And so I shouldn't even be calling it a tea because really tea refers to the plant that uh, is where green tea or black tea or oolong. Tea. When you talk about herbs steeped in water, that becomes a tisane, T-I-S-A-N-E. And it is a short steep where you then strain out your plant material and you sip on your tea. However, if you go for a very long steep time, meaning four to eight hours, you can get the medicinal qualities called an infusion. And that is where you would put your herbs 
into a teapot and pour boiling water over them and then leave them. I often will do this overnight and then I have that wonderful tea the next day that I can sip on. Some of my favorites are for a daytime tea are nettles and mullein leaf and hawthorn and red clover and these to me are just wonderful tonic teas that just it nourishes me and um, gives me uh, just kind of energy that is it's it's nourishing my organs and especially your adrenals and your liver and uh, my digestion is always happy <laughs> uh, but when I'm looking at a relaxing tea which is what I wanted to create um, for uh, this collection, I'm looking at a little bit of lavender. And lavender with passionflower and linden is a wonderful one for an end of the day tea. I've also added some mint and lemon balm to this uh, tea so it is refreshing as well as relaxing. And so when I want to make a tea that I'm going to have at the end of the day, kind of an after dinner tea, before bed tea, I will usually, if I'm home during the day, I'm gonna make that, you know, around the middle of the day. But if it's some a day where I've been at work all day, as many people have uh, the nine to five job, while I'm making dinner, I'm also making my tea and I just put that pot aside and then uh, when I'm ready for later in the evening before bed, I will sip on that. And it makes for a very relaxing sleep time. And really, I feel like right now for me, uh, the beginning of January at least, my brain was still going full bore and I was having a lot of problems sleeping because I've been so active and doing so much over the holidays. So it's nice to just remind our bodies and our brains when it's time to slow down because having a restful sleep is probably the best gift you can give to yourself and you'll be just amazed with how the rest of your next day goes after you've been able to sleep the entire night and not be restless. There will be a couple other items available in this collection and I'm not going to talk about them here. I will uh, be posting on the blog, chickencooppotanicals.com. There's also a Facebook group called Chicken Coop Botanicals. And I'm on Instagram of at Deb Accardi. And it is spelled D-E-B-A-C-C-U-A-R-D-I. I always post in those three places when uh, there's something new going up in the shop, but mainly on the blog, I like to talk about, I don't like to go on there with just an announcement. I will talk more about what these ingredients are. So I want to make this all kind of a multi-media um, exploration of plants, of health, of food, of craft, everything about the plants and the world around us. So that's a little bit that I'm sharing here. I am going to sign off now because I feel like I've just been giving you so, so much information. But before I do, I want to tell you um, about 
a wonderful album I discovered um, online and uh, that I've been listening to quite a lot lately. And it's um, more in the folk music area. This is a singer-songwriter that really reminds me a lot of um, Ray LaMontagne. And um, his name, I had never heard of this man before, and I'm just really enjoying him. His name is Gregory Allen Isakoff. And the album I've been listening to is called That Sea, The Gambler. Uh, You can find it on iTunes, and it's really lovely. Um, I am definitely a fan of folk music um, and blues and jazz. Um, Really, there's not a lot of music that I don't care for. What I'm reading right now is always a lot of uh, different, um, either herbal books or craft books. Um, I have to say that uh, I used to just really need to have a novel going, but Over the last few years, I just seem to be in a stage of life where I'm wanting to learn all the time. However, I do keep a book of poetry by Mary Oliver by the bed at the moment, and so I've been reading uh, from her book, Primitive. Uh, If you have not discovered Mary Oliver, I highly, highly recommend her. Um, Just beautiful prose and very practical subjects. When I've uh, been watching TV with my husband at night and just really have things in my head just because of whatever's come off the television, having nothing to do with my own life, I find that if I just clear my head with some kind of light reading, um, and often one single poem can do it, uh, she is wonderful and I highly recommend her. In the knitting realm, um, I just started knitting a sweater vest last night from uh, the Brooklyn Tweed website. Huxley is the name of the pattern, and it's using the Brooklyn Tweed yarn shelter. Uh, I've, I definitely tend to be a sweater person, but um, I realize as uh, spring will be here before we know it, I love the idea of having a nice wool sweater vest over a long sleeve shirt. So I'm planning ahead. And this one is a simple pullover uh, with a obviously sleeveless and a scoop neck. And it has what is called a Norwegian lice pattern, which is little flecks of uh, second color. So it's a dark brown background with... um, a very pale brown um, little uh, flux of um, a second yarn being carried through. So uh, this held yarn is a very simple pattern. And I have been a knitter since I was 22. Um, I knew how as a child, but uh, we tended to gravitate more towards crochet when we were children. And my mother always had some kind of crafty project but I don't remember a ton of knitting. So at 22, uh, I took a knitting class with my best friend and uh, I 
became an obsessive knitter over the years. <laughs> so the one thing I haven't ever done is steek, which means that after you've knitted your um, clothing, this is often done in Norwegian sweaters um, with a cardigan, you would cut open the tube. So you would knit around in a whole tube and then cut open your front and sew the, the yarn back. I've never done that. Um, in a class a couple years ago, a teacher made me cut a sample because I was just so nervous about it. And it definitely was freeing, but this is going to be my first um, large scale project where I get the scissors out. So uh, I will definitely keep you in the loop about how that goes. The loop, get it? <laughs> this project cuts open uh, the armholes. And uh, so this will be, it'll be interesting. And I feel that uh, a sweater vest versus a full on long sleeve, big, huge cardigan, this is the best way to uh, start out. So uh, I would love to hear from all of you what some of your favorite uh, music is that you might recommend, uh, what you're reading, and if you're a crafter, it doesn't need to be knitting, but what do you craft? Because honestly, when we do something outside our normal day's activity, uh, outside reading, outside of of uh, work and your normal habits, it just becomes a meditation because it slows us down and it helps us be creative and interact with different parts of our brain. So I'd love to know how you do that. So please share on uh, the blog where we'll find, uh, I'll be posting the show notes and I hope uh, to have a few of you check in. So uh, that is it for today. And I so look forward um, to visiting with you all again. Uh, I doubt this is going to be a weekly podcast, but I hope to check in at least twice a month with you and hope you'll check in with me as well. So I wish you green blessings and good health this deep winter month. Bye.